Hey everyone, it is Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We want to thank the following people for going to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons and supporting our show. So a huge thank you to Derek Haynes. Dr. Jason Woods. Jamal Newman. Melanie Harker. Allison Keene. The one and only Sean Paul Ellis. And the amazing Dave Trumbor. Oh, thank you so much. Now, it might sound kind of weird that we are thanking some familiar people and ourselves in this list, but we want to let you listeners out there know that we are not just asking you to support us through Patreon. We are actually putting our hard-earned dollars uh, into the show as well. So we just want to say thank you to those who have supported. And for anyone who can't but would like to help that, help out the show in some way, feel free to share our Patreon page within your social media circles. It would really help a lot. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you going to patreon.com slash Cartoons to sponsor and support our podcast. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from New York City, circa 1967, I'll be your co-host, <laughs> Dave Trumbull. Joining me as always, a long-lost member of the Sinister Seven, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, buddy? Uh, David, 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 I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am happy for a show where my occasionally and random kind of New York, New Jersey slips in, where it actually makes sense. I'm, I'm happy we finally get to do that, and it sort of makes sense. For no, once. it does. It makes sense given the, the show that we're watching this week, so it's perfect. Yeah, and it actually kind of made sense in the show, uh, except for the fact that like a 50-year-old New York dude was voicing a mm, 16-year-old New York teenager, but yeah. other than that, it's fine. <laughs> like a teenager's been smoking a pack of Marlboros every day since he came out of the womb. I like that we're leading with this. We're just like, yeah, so a uh, 50-year-old man playing a, playing a teenager. Yeah. Playing a teenager. I was going to say this, that uh, the voice of Peter Parker <laughs> was, uh, did not, Paul, Paul, Paul Souls. Paul Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that he was probably my favorite Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm going to guess, so. yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of <laughs> one of the first, though. We'll get into that with some of the history and stuff. But yeah, we're reaching way back. What is this, 50 years? Can I do math? 50 years? I mean, can you? I don't know. That doesn't even sound right. Yeah, it's 50 years. Yeah, it's 50 years, man. I just did it again in my head because it sounds... It's 1967 we're talking about here. Late 60s animated Spider-Man cartoon. Now, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from the meme center of the internet, this is one of your favorites, is it not? <laughs> uh, yes. I, there are so many fun memes uh, about this cartoon show that just always, for some reason, kind of tickle me. And like the one classic one that they have is of J. Jonah Jameson kind of very defiantly kind of like raising his hand. And it's always in relation to somebody sending another person like a nude photo of themselves. <laughs> Wait, what? And well, because oh, he's always, oh, oh, he's always oh, demanding not, photos. He's always demanding you photos. In the meme. I got it. I got it. And so he's always just like, I said I want... Like, so somebody would send a nude and then somebody would send something back and it'd be like, I said pictures of Spider-Man! Like, Perfect. So I just love the, uh, I love the, the juxtaposition and the contrast with it. Plus, it's just the, the style of this, as we'll get into oh, yeah. a little bit later, is very unique. And so to see some of this artwork uh, is... Or animation just, in, like, GIF format is pretty yeah. stellar. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is this is along the lines of something that you, the listener, mm. could do over the weekend if you discovered colored pencils mm-hmm. and parchment and paper. 
Ah, it really does feel like it's that simplistic, but there there's some merit to it. Oh, so I'd, it's, I'd, it's I'd love it for certain reasons, and we'll get into that too. But yeah. before we get any further, uh, Sean's going to give us a little bit of the history, uh, the background of this beast before we dive into the specifics here tonight. Right, so Spiderman, Spider-Man. or Spider-Man, <laughs> Spiderman, uh, was an animated television series in the superhero fiction genre. It was originally animated... It was the original animated TV series based on the Spider-Man comic book series created by writer Stan Lee and designed by artist Steve Ditko and was jointly produced in Canada for voice acting and the United States for animation. The first two seasons aired on the ABC television network and the third was distributed in syndication. Grant Ray Lawrence Animation produced the first season and the seasons and seasons two and three were produced by Krantz Films in New York City. The show starred Paul Souls, as we've mentioned, as Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spiderman. The series ran from 1967 to 1970 for 52 episodes. Uh, Peter's character, blue suit, yellow vest, uh, white shirt, and red tie was designed by Steve Ditko and artist consultant John Romita Sr. Stan Lee was the story consultant for season one. Seasons two and three produced by Ralph Bakshree. Uh, was almost entirely, er, almost entirely eliminated villains from the comic book as a cost-cutting measure in favor of generic green-skinned magical monsters. This enabled the reuse of stock footage from Rocket Robin Hood, another animated series produced by the same group. So you know, you know Ralph Bakshi, right? Kind of. It sounds super familiar. Oh, you should. I mean, it's like the, oh my God, what's the name of the movie now? Like the, uh, the one where they rotoscope and he did like the original uh, Hobbit. Fire and, or, I- Fire and Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... And like Lord of the Rings, the animated thing. So, and um, I think he did some early, um, some other early adaptations. I mean, hugely familiar name, but I mean, like as soon as I saw this one episode that we watched for tonight, I was just like, holy crap, that's definitely Bakshi. And this is completely insane because seeing his type of animation, which he was one of the first, well, not the first, but one of the most kind of controversial artists to come out and work in animation, but have like this very mature adult theme to everything. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. he did Fritz the Cat. Fritz the Cat. That's what I was trying to think of. He did Fritz the and, Cat, and, and that was like things. really Oh, it was straight up like adult. for adults. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's crazy to think that like his, his production studio and his artwork is in a 1967, well, later, Spider-Man cartoon. That's insane. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Pretty cool. It's a little bit interesting. I think I'll give him that. I think it's really interesting. I'm not saying it's good necessarily. I just think it's a weird. It would be like if today you gave like I don't know, Spider-Man to Tarantino or something. It would be just like a weird like who would ever even think of that and what happens when you put these two things together. I mean, now that you say it, I kind of want it. I'd be fine with like, Tarantino Spider-Man. It'd make no sense be, whatsoever. It wouldn't, but I mean that would be the that would be the merit of it yeah. was that it would be that. And I guess that that is the merit of having somebody that's just sort of outside of that genre yeah. or, or realm of influence sort of taking on that IP and creating something that's completely different, but still starring, starring that same central character that you know and love. So, yeah, I kind of really, guys, hashtag Tarantino Spider-Man. Tarantino Spider-Man, is, get it started. Tarantino Spider-Man is what we really want, guys. That's the whole reason we're doing tonight's episode. It's definitely not to talk about this 1967 no. series of Spider-Man, but if we were... Hypothetically, Dave, what would that series be about? Well, first, did you know The Hateful Eight was actually a secret Doc Ock origin story? Stop, Think about that for a second. Shut, and I'll tell you the synopsis of Cinnamon. 
So I told Sean offline, I originally thought, uh, I'm just going to list for a synopsis. It's about Spider-Man. Because if you don't know Spider-Man by this point, I mean, welcome to the show, I guess. Uh, welcome to cartoons and comic books in general. But if you don't know anything about Spider-Man, here we go. The series revolved around teenager Peter Parker, a college student. Oh, apparently he's a college student. I thought he was high school at this point. It's so confusing. They it's call him a teenager throughout, so they, I guess he could be college. They say that he's 16 well, at one point in this. Maybe he's real smart, I guess. Oh, this thing's gone off the rails sure. already. Sure, we're already. Yikes. A college student who develops extraordinary strength and spider-like powers after being bitten by a radioactive spider. He's got radioactive spider blood. Parker decides to become a crime-fighting costume superhero, but must deal with family tragedies, personal problems, and the insecurity of youth. Mm, college youth, I guess. As Spider-Man, <laughs> Parker risks his life to fight superpowered criminals such as Dr. Octopus, Mysterio, and the Green Goblin. Peter is also a freelance photographer for the Daily Bugle, but editor Jake Jonah Jameson considers Spider-Man a criminal and writes front-page headlines critical of his activities. The first season dealt primarily with Peter's job at the Daily Bugle and mainly involved classic Spider-Man villains from the comic book series, whose captures were often accompanied by a note signed by your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's where you get that from. That's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Do you want to dive right into this sucker, or do you have anything yeah, else before in. we warm up? Okay, cool. Let's get into Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, possibly the highlight of the show, theme song. What do you think? Man. What do you think? Uh, this is really enjoyable. Okay, cool. Uh, we have, we have horns, we have, uh, we have some jazz drum. Yeah, like music, musical on the, horns. On the, yeah. yeah, some musical horns. Uh, we've got some jazz drums, uh, you know, on the, on the hi-hats. Uh, this was, I will say this, very positive theme song. Yep. Really got me going. Uh, the music is super catchy, yep. and the best part about this is that this is the song that you want to hear when a Spider-Man cartoon or whatever comes on, because it's immediately an earworm, and it's that whole, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and it just, it continues to going. It, like, it continues going to a point where you're just like, oh, it's clearly going to end, and they're going to transition the show, and they're like, and here's a breakdown, <laughs> and you're like, yes, Thanks. keep it going. Did you, did you? I love it though, because it was just like the band yeah. leader was just like, I'm kind of digging this. Let's just riff on this for a while and see what you, you cats can come up with. That might have been the squarest thing I've ever said on the show. I am digging this. Let's riff for a while and see what you cats can come up with. Can't you youth relate to the struggles and problems that I have as a fellow child? What's cool, fellow kids? Yep, exactly, Jesus. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so. No, I love this because uh, it, for everything that you said, and it's a great, uh, I think in one of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I apologize, and we should say this, if Sean and I are saying Spider-Man weird, it's because we've been saying Spider-Man or Spider-Man a lot, so if that triggers you, I apologize, but it's gonna happen a lot. <laughs> it's gonna happen a lot, It's gonna happen guys. a lot. So there was a, a <laughs> in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, there was like a street musician that was like playing right. the original this original song, right? So that was kind of a cool throwback. But this is, I think, where it all kind of started. So I did not expect it to go on as long as it did, but I was, I was pleased that it did. Anytime a show in the 60s for kids says the words radioactive spider blood, uh, it's a good sign. <laughs> but, do you, but do you know what the line is right before they say radioactive spider blood? Oh, God, what is it? They really <laughs> push the, the is, rhymes in this thing. Is he strong? Listen up. He's got radioactive blood. Oh, God, yeah, it's just radioactive blood, not spider blood. He's got radioactive so, blood. It's so funny. It's so happy, though. They're so happy about it. It's like, this guy's totally fine. 
He's living it up. I, and I, I think that it's because it begins on such a positive, excited note. Yeah. And again, I've said this time and time again. You want a theme song that I'm going to get excited about? Start with orchestral yeah. horns. Uh, go back, go back to the like, 60s and listen to like any kind of cartoon intro, anything. You're going to get stuff from like, you know, the Jetsons, Hanna-Barbera, but you're also going to get like a Johnny Quest. You're going to get this Spider-Man cartoon. But I mean, a great way to open a cartoon show. It's just sort of like that whole like kind of like uh, trumpet intro yeah. that just it really sort of just announces and signifies like, hey, dummy, listen up. I know kid. you're eating. I know you're eating pizza, but uh, time to listen up and watch this cartoon. We know you're 36, so buckle the fuck up. That's exactly what they had in mind uh, in 1967 <laughs> when they wrote this original <laughs> theme song. 50 years ago, they were just <laughs> oh, like, God. some ginger is going to watch this cartoon in the future while eating a Domino's pizza that he'll be sad about five minutes later. I'm actually getting sad by degrees here. It's not yeah, great. Yeah, enough. Fair enough. Anything else from this um, The theme? I mean, I guess... Visually, it's kind of cool because you get a, a good intro to see how Spidey's going to swing around the city, how he's going to use his webs to either, I don't know, prevent a car crash or ca- catch a crook, or how he uses his, his random stuff. And then a little bit of the, like, the villains that he goes up against, a little glimpse here and there. You also get to see Peter Parker, which we need to talk about his design in a little bit. But, yeah, uh, let's get into this. Well, yeah, in a second. But um, <laughs> just cut you off. That was rough. Sorry. No, don't worry about no, it, man. No, in I, a second. Sean. In a second. We'll get hey, to it when I say we get to it. Settle down, David. <laughs> we'll get to this garbage design in a moment <laughs> with this college student slash 16-year-old. Sure. Ugh. Ugh. But I just like the fact that they have, like, there's a decent visual component to go around with this, to go along with this uh, fun yeah. song. It was cool. Um, 100%. Yeah. And they even focus on, like, the, the photography side of things. They did, like, a cool kind of close-up where he has the old, old-school camera and then it says, like, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man on it. So they tied it all well which, together. It was a good start. Which, which is a great way to ruin a lens cap or an actual lens of a camera if you just want to carve yeah, that's <laughs> your there friendly neighborhood bro. Spider-Man. You're never getting that off, bro. No, you're really not. Then I'll tell you. Man. I don't want to tell all you right. about this animation style of this thing because it is a tale of two cities <laughs> and three seasons. <laughs> There's something going on here. What, what do you think? Let's start with um, season one. So our introduction, season one. What sure. struck you about the animation style, the look of this thing? Uh, so this actually reminded me a lot. Uh, I'll, I'll refer to maybe two contemporaries that we might be familiar with, which is Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also Super President. Okay. Yeah. And so it, it, for me, it was very distinguishing. Also, it sort of reminded me of a modern day, maybe contemporary, which was sort of, which I guess would have been late 70s, uh, early 80s, which would have been C Lab, not yep. uh, not 2021, no. which is the original C Lab 20, uh, 2020. Uh, and that that whole era of like some of those like older shows that Adult Swim had then kind of brought forward and, and remade. Right. It's very distinguishable from the fact that it has very solid, bright primary colors. Right. There is absolutely zero shading, and everything has the same thickness in terms of its border around whatever the thing they're trying to contain right. which is humans cars trees <laughs> houses all of the same also eyes let's talk about let's this let's talk about eyes the eyes that they draw are not <laughs> are not that kind. dave is now like kind of giving me the derpiest eye look possible but that's how these cartoon eyes yeah. are drawn like they are 
garbage. Everybody has wonky <laughs> eyes. In I love this. it when they occasionally just like don't line up. Like ones like I'm talking not like just a little bit. Like they are skewed. Like something is something has happened. Your face has slipped a few degrees to one direction <laughs> or another. It cracks me up though. And look, you know, I don't want to. We're definitely not ableist here. If this was something that had no. like been written into the story and established as a part of the character. Uh, I, one particular scene for a character who's very tertiary that we'll talk about tonight, which is Dr. Smarter. Uh, there's, there's one scene where he's looking directly at the camera and both eyes are fighting to get away from one another. <laughs> yeah, they're just crawling and it's, off screen. Uh, and it's amazing to see this because at some point you have to think, presumably the same person, it was, it was almost a still frame of the character. Yep. And whoever was doing the ink for this it was the same person. It's not like somebody's like, "Hey, I'm designated for right pupil," and yeah, Philip over there is designated for left right down pupil. The spinal column. No. <laughs> Guys, we gotta pass the workaround to make sure everybody gets to put a little black dot inside of an eye to make an iris and a pupil. And so it's just every every eye is terrible in this, which then leads me to then which, but it leads me to the idea of yeah. it makes sense why so many of these characters are wearing glasses or masks all the time. Yes, and like opaque glasses, uh, where you, you know sunglasses sometimes, where you can't see the eyes themselves, so they're just like not there. So don't worry about it. Which which is fine that they'd be wearing a mask such as uh, Spiderman, such as our friendly neighborhood Spiderman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is, is that I don't think at any point in time mm-hmm. through the several episodes that we have watched for tonight that they were ever able to get down the position, dimension, and layout of how the mask of Spider-Man, because there are multiple times where his, his cheeks on the bottom are yeah. way fatter than he they should be. He definitely had a fluidity to his head that just did not make a lot of sense. What was going on I mean, under there? Whatever lump of mashed potatoes <laughs> that are inside of, of that Spider-Man head uh, mask just is constantly changing back in like it's 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 <laughs> it's like the fontanelle in baby spider-man Aww, never set and it just, just looks like every there. just floating around floating back around. and forth and it's creepy it's really creepy because there are moments where he's like oh let me because again we'll talk about this as a part of this show in the plot exposition is everything oh, in this everywhere. show and there are it gets moments worse where as they go on yeah yeah, where somebody will look down and then they'll say, let me look down. And then all of a sudden, like quadruple chin Spider-Man, <laughs> his chest has eaten Ooh. the entire top part or the bottom part of his jaw. And you're like, where the fuck did this go? It was real trippy at certain points. Like, this is <laughs> probably so a great time to tell everybody to go get your drugs. Because this thing, if you're going to watch this show, get your Zook, get your red eye, get whatever you want. But it's about get to get your, real. Get your spin, your crystal twist. Crystal twist, yeah. Get that zook. Guys, buckle Yikes. up. This doesn't get any better I, as this show goes I on. I think my favorite one was probably one with J. Jonah Jameson, where it was kind of like a three-quarter <laughs> shot of him, so it wasn't straight on. It was like a three-quarter shot. And one eye was like, he looked like, like sloth or something from the Goonies or like the Toxic yeah. Avenger. Like, they were just miles apart on his face. <laughs> they didn't care. Remember... I drew the right side of the face. Philip over there drew the left side of the face. Philip, so blame Philip. Philip, you're out. Out on your keister. Uh, I will say I did like, it was kind of like a standard animation for the 60s, right? So it felt like a Johnny Quest sure. style animation. It felt yeah. like a very, very early Super Friends. Um, it had, That's why, I, not Justice League. I meant Super yeah, Friends. Yeah, Super Friends. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It had that same kind of like, 
I feel to it and look to it. It also, to Sean's point earlier, he mentioned like everything has really thick lines and everything is like very well defined, not necessarily detailed, but defined. I think that comes straight from like the pages of the comics, right? Because you're just making a, essentially a still frame in the comics. So you want everything to have that detail and that you want it to pop and you want it to be able to distinguish itself from everything else around it. But when you translate that over to the animated series and you don't quite have the time to really keep up with all that stuff, it gets a little wonky. Uh, I will say I thought, I thought the characters at least were decent. They kept them limited for that reason. Um, but like we said, they're, yeah. they're occasionally janky. Go ahead. Final thoughts about animation. So <clears throat> you might remember two weeks ago, we talked about uh, an animated motion comic yes. with Black Panther. Yes. And at no point did it ever feel like the, the level of detail. And I, you know, and I know it, this is apples to oranges. You know, we have, because we're, we're talking about like translating the actual comic book into a, a moving medium. And so I don't feel like it ever really kind of took me out of it or, or I, I agree with you. I saw that direct translation of them trying to say, let's take the comic book yep. and let's put it in a motion form. Yep. But it seemed like the problem was as they were doing it, they were just like, yeah, we'll, we'll get like the, we'll get the, the exteriors of the buildings or we'll get like the outline of the people. But then, it's the details that are so important. And yeah. I'm not trying to uncanny valley them by any stretch of the imagination, especially given the art style and direction for this. But, oh, man, you got you to gotta have at least, like, one point of reference for those, for those eyes to be looking at. Otherwise, it's creepy. <laughs> like, it's, it's jarring at some points. But final, final thing, okay. I will say I've this. I've got a bunch more there... for animation, so go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to say... Uh, there were a lot of backgrounds that they had like non-moving animated stills of like houses yeah. uh, and cars that almost that were really beautiful because they yeah. almost look like pastels. Yeah, the one scene in the very first episode where um, I think Betty Brant's like investigating. Yeah, whatever, and there's a there's a cool looking car. I think it's just like a cop car. It might even be her car, but it was just like that's a cool looking car, sedan, yeah. nothing special, but it's just like oh, that's cool. And then even later in the series, uh, one of the episodes that we'll talk about briefly tonight. Uh, it just had some great visuals in the beginning of oh, it man. as just Spider-Man just swinging through the city during like magic hour when it's a sunset. And it's, I liked it now a lot. You liked, and I liked it. That's interesting. I liked it a lot for a couple reasons. And we've talked about this before. I think most recently back in January with some of our Nicktoons where you don't have your background. It doesn't contain a lot of detail, oh, right. but there are very distinct colors and then just like cutouts that are like, that are non-complementary colors for like the windows and and there's something about that aesthetic or that visual that just it always looks really interesting to me and i like watching it like it really looks kind of like art deco for two yeah. reasons like for two seconds but it's not detailed enough to be in that era yeah, that of, classic, of artwork yeah, yeah so it, it's it's always interesting to watch and I, I like i like seeing it and they just did such a, a crazy job with having all these really weird colors because it could have just been gray. It could have been gray sure. with a darker gray, but they chose like, you know, a green and then like a yellow shutter. And it just, I don't know. It just made it really interesting and uh, visually to, to be able to watch. You could really see the difference. So we watched the first episode of the series and then we watched one that was like very highly rated, but it came from like a, a third season. It was like the 48th overall episode. So very close to the end. And that was part of the backseat production. You can see immediately from oh, God, the change yeah. from, the, from the first to the third. And I think Sean and I might have some different opinions on this. 
I wasn't thrilled with like the opening of the third one just because it looked everything looked more muted. Now that might have been because of the quality of the recording we were watching, and that's fine. It definitely looked different. That thing got so psychedelic and trippy, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But the only thing that I didn't really like about that was if the original seasons recycled and repeated some sequences and some animation to save time and money, the third seasons, man, forget it. I mean, they pulled, they pulled animation sequences, characters, plot, everything from full other shows. So, so once you get to this point, you're looking at a Spider-Man cartoon that is essentially the marriage of two completely different shows. And that's nuts. And it's crazy to watch on screen. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just really, really interesting to watch on screen. Uh, A couple quick points. I thought the animation was fine, like when they were doing the action scenes or the web swinging and the wall crawling, that was all fine. When you're just walking or running, it's super janky. Like, seeing Spider-Man run to begin with is so weird. And seeing it in this cartoon (laughs) is just like, don't do that, please. Please don't do that. Please just swing. I don't care if you have to swing from a tree branch or a light pole. Please just stop running because it's very bad. I, I did you notice there's a lot of shots in this I can't remember what episode it was in it, it may have been in uh the second half of the first episode yeah. but he's like running and it's a direct he's running directly into the camera when he runs from the house on. yeah that was yeah. the worst and that that it, and instead what they do is they they push him down to like the bottom left of the screen yeah. and then he begins to move closer. It, he gets larger in shape, moving towards the right side of the screen. But you can tell that like somebody's pulling the background behind him and like taking key. It was just it, it was, was so there were so many times so that the the physics of this world just did not match up with like reality that it was just kind of like Bleh! like you felt like you're in a fun house or something. It was just there was a lot off. Um, I think the only thing I want to say is actually not really related to animation, but the Foley in this. How do you feel about the? <laughs> how do you feel about these sound effects there, Bob? <laughs> pretty silly. Oh my god, it was straight up cartoonish. I mean, there were like bloop bloops and like and like just crazy Flintstones level like cartoon stuff, like some some stock it's... Foley from somewhere. At some point, the uh, was the the Ice Men mm-hmm. or the Plutonians that are in the second yep. one uh, as they're shooting these little icicles out of their, their arms. Which are supposed to be wrists. like deadly, super sharp, like things that'll impale you, like knives, essentially. It sounds like a, it sounds like a bubble gun. Yeah. Like if you were to like... Very intimidating. So bad. I mean, essentially, like there's a moment where he's like slipping on ice and you can probably hear that cartoon sound in your head right now because that's essentially the same thing. <clears throat> so I just want to make a motion, uh, mention of that. And you want to jump into these characters here? Let's get into it, man. Let's, God, can we start with Peter Parker? Because what's going on, man? Yeah. What's going on with this guy? Why does he look like a cartoon like, villain? Yeah, this is when you got a Peter Parker, but you got a Peter Parker on a budget. Yeah, this is budget Peter Parker. Like, when, you, when you're trying to Spider-Man on a, on a fiver and, you're, and you owe somebody 10, like, it's pretty bad. It's rough. I, Peter Parker looking yeah, I rough. Know, I don't know. To the point that like, when they introduce him, I'm just like, is this the person we're supposed to be following? Are you sure this well, isn't just a random guy who's going to be rescued soon? And it's curious because they don't really, like, there's the reveal yep. maybe a minute or, like, 30 seconds oh, in yeah. that the character that you're, you're, you're watching, who has, I did not expect, a very baritone uh, voice. Well, he is in college, Sean. He is, he is in college, He is in David. college. 
And so the, uh, it was not a voice that I was expecting. And so I, I thought I thought maybe something that would sound a little bit younger, yeah, like a kid, uh, a little bit, a little bit more teenagerish. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely not getting this. So it seems like this is a, a a younger, or I'm sorry, this seems like it's a older Peter Parker uh, than maybe what we're used to, right. which is fine. Right. This could be this could be professional Peter Parker, and I'd be cool with business that. business casual Peter Parker. Yeah, working for the Daily Bugle. Uh, but then in the same episode, Jay Jonah Jameson identifies him. He's like, ah, these teens, they're never around when there's yeah. work to do. And he says and it multiple like, times. Yeah, and again, I don't know why he sounds like the mayor of Townsville whenever I get angry, but yeah. it's just kind of how that works right now. Yeah. But yeah, he he looks sort of like uh he sort of looks like a bully that you would find from the he, 60s. He looks and I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know if he looks like an Archie character. I don't know if he looks like another cartoon villain. It's the Widow's Peak. It's the Widow's Peak. It's the Widow's he looks Peak. like a character from uh from the Monsters. Yeah, kind of like Eddie Monster, but not it's not quite kind of looks I mean, like Eddie Monster. Pretty severe. But he looks like another character who's actually, like you said, like a bully. And I can't think of who it is. He definitely does not look like the hero of this story, though. Oh, and, and by the way, this is not an origin story. So you don't have to worry about, like, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben's, Uncle Ben's rice. No, you don't have to worry about that boiling over. Everything's fine. Mm. Uh, literally, there are no other characters besides the villain of the week. Um, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. And Betty Brant, and then occasionally, like a cop will come in, or a henchman, or some other random, like Doctor Smarter. Ugh, bad, bad, real, real bad. <laughs> Do you know how they spelled it? Uh, I'm assuming it was S M A R T H E R. I think it was S M A R T Y R. That's how I've seen it spelled. <laughs> now that could have just been like YouTube spelling, so who knows. Yeah, Doctor Smarter. So I'm, I'm I'm upset with that realization. Stan Lee, I'm upset yeah. about that. How about a character named Doctor Smarter? The <laughs> kids love it. Okay, how about Spider Man then? If Peter Parker doesn't look great, you don't really know that he's supposed to be a kid right off the bat. Well, what do you think of Spider Man's look? And I'm not saying like animation I style, mean, but like his characterization. Sure. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty standard yeah. Spider Man. I'd say the thing you know, it, it, he's got the the. The mask that we know was sort of the black outlined eyes, yep. which for better or for worse is going to sink into his sternum at some point in time during the show yeah. and make it creepy. They, they do a good job of kind of showing his ability to be able to emote through them yep. with the widening and the tightening of, of the eyes. So that, that's good. Yeah. I, I will say that there was like a part, like his costume in his torso is really lacking yeah. in a lot of detail that I think I'm accustomed to for a Spider-Man. And so, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's a very, it's a very old uh, style of what, yeah. uh, what his costume it's, was. It's and pretty, so I, yeah, it like traditional. But yeah, he's got the, he, just to your point with the details, he's only got the webbing on his cowl and on his gloves and wrists. And maybe on his, his boots, we don't see them very often. But like the rest of him doesn't have that. So it's just kind of like the, kind of blank it's just like red or blue and that's it there's no other detail or definition there so yeah sometimes he just looks like a kite in the wind and you can't really tell like what his skeleton is doing under there it's just kind of like a bloated <laughs> thing fluffing around but for the most part i thought it was fine yeah i mean it's it's fine um i i will say i will say do we want to move on to some of these other these other characters i, I just want to say J. jonah jameson i thought it looked like he was straight out of the comics looked perfect that's exactly what I wanted to nice. say. It's the J. Jonah Jameson that you want and you deserve. Exactly. 
Exactly. He had the flawless victory. Crazy flat top, sharp, so sharp you'll cut yourself. Haircut. He had the Hitler mustache. He actually had a cigar, which I don't know if you'll see yep. any kids' cartoons these days smoking a cigar. Probably not. But at some point, I wanted him to have multiple cigars. <laughs> just like just, stack, just, just like just a row all of them. the all in the scene where he had all the phones. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted them to be all, all cigars, cigars of just him. Like Ooh. you can probably rule thirty four that. I don't know if you'll get cigars, but uh, moving on. No, he was great. Voice actor was great. Um, his crazy, just like blow ups, were great. The design was fantastic. I thought they nailed it with J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, hundred percent. And then Perfect. the rest of them were just kind of like, mm, like Betty Brant. You're kind of typical screaming damsel in distress. Yeah, but she's a redhead, so yeah. I'm gonna give her the thumbs yeah, up. Thumbs up for redheads. Uh, we get to yep. see a couple of villains. Uh, Literally, only one that you know of <laughs> before watching this show, Oops. though. Let's talk about this well-known villain, because I think you bring up a great yeah. point. He has a name that everybody will remember, especially from, from any Spider-Man comic and movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned him uh, previous affiliations at the very beginning of the show was Sinister Six. Yeah, Hateful Eight. Uh, or, yeah, or, name it. <laughs> um, or Sinister Seven, as you put it, with the addition of Sean. I'm pulling for you. I put uh, your name in the ballot, yeah. but, you know. Thanks, man. Politics. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm gonna keep lobbying, so yeah, we'll get them okay. next year. It's fine. The midterms are coming up. Oh. You'll be fine, <laughs> guys. 2018, me for Sinister <laughs> We're Seven. We're for you, buddy. <laughs> Sean for Sinister Seven. So uh, we've got Doctor Octopus, yeah. Doctor Octavia Octopus, Otto Octavius, Otto Octavius. Uh, let's talk let's about talk, him. <laughs> let's talk about this design oh, for a character. Baby. Cause he looks like a parent gave him a bowl cut and then was like, "We've got this purple oh, jumpsuit, and that's all we have." <laughs> that's all we have. We don't even have a belt for you. <laughs> Sorry, you're a freak child. You've got weird arms coming out your back. I would also assume that I don't want to. I don't want to be critical of this, but I would assume with having four mechanical arms sticking out of your back that that's a degree of tailoring that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. And it seemed like these things, it seemed, I didn't know if the purple jumpsuit was a part of his body. Yeah, right, if it's all fused together. Yeah, if it was like, if, if, this, if this reality of Doc Ock, if this is just all a part, like all a seamless part of him from the giant, uh, like old people glasses oh, to keep the, the sun the out. Aviator, not aviator, like blue blockers, the old blue blockers. Yeah, the, the old blue blockers, uh, with just this flat top bowl haircut. Mm. And then this he purple jumpsuit. Looker. Oh man, it is a, it is a. I'll say this: it's a choice. It is a choice. It's a, a real choice. bold Look, choice, especially for 1967. I don't know if you can get away with all he's got going on, but apparently he did. I actually didn't mind like the animation of the arms, though. Like the arms, they worked okay, which is a really tough thing to do if you think yeah. about it, because they're essentially just like four curly pipes that are sticking out from this guy, and they can barely make people walk and run without looking like weirdo robots. So the fact that they got this to kind of work was was pretty good. They did a good job with it. So the fact that he just looked like a like a weird grimace creature, uh, I was okay with it. Oh my god, you're right. He's like a GMO accent looks between like grimace and an octopus, and a and a he weird looks like German. He straight up walked out of Ronald McDonald Land, yeah. murdered the Hamburglar, yeah. and was just like, now onto a life of crime. Weird, uh, oh, weird god. fact of the podcast: actual Doc Ock origin story right there. Oh, that's disgruntled fun. fast like food that, worker. Guys. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Big reveals tonight. Yeah. This is an important episode, and I'm glad you're listening. You guys, well, let's, listen let's about get the into drugs, this right? episode. You have them now. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Well, we also meet. We say, also, let's get into some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we also oh, meet like random accessory characters, like a, a bunch of Plutonians, a guy named Doctor Smarter, uh, I don't know, a being from the fifth dimension, um, aliens from the planet. Oh, Gorf. you mean you mean what? Oh god, it gets weird, guys. Hang in, hang in there. Uh, um, All right, you want to start off with um, the power of Doctor Octopus? Yeah, let's. I think we can go like. These are all very standard yes. cookie cutter episodes. Yes. It's not like any of this until maybe we get to the second the last or this uh, this third Forget segment it. is really going to be like wow. No. Uh, all of these are, are pretty pretty easy. So as we mentioned, we as we mentioned, we sort of open with this character that you don't know if this is Peter Parker. Again, voice doesn't register. He looks like a bully. He's driving a car down a series of switchbacks. Yeah. Not even switchbacks. Like a circular just, mountain carved a It's a circular mountain Yeah, it'd be like a volcano, it looks like, yeah. So he's driving down from a volcano, sure. and all of a sudden, a rock falls out in front of him. Now, if you're thinking, if he's Spider-Man, his spidey senses would go off, you would be right. Except that for some reason, he seems to have selective spidey senses in this exact show show because they never work they never work when you're just like yeah they shouldn't they be like blaring in front of you right now telling you that there's imminent danger for him not a single fucking thing and And it is so frustrating we'll talk about how there's like a redundant a redundancy of spider sense in this episode too where he not only has the spider sense, he then has to think about it, have exposition, and then have somebody else tell him to watch out. It's one of the more frustrating things in this episode. But yeah, so at this point, honestly, I still didn't know this was Spider-Man. I just thought it was a setup of like someone who will need to be rescued. But he did say like, oh, I'm on assignment, stupid J. Jonah Jameson. I'm like, oh, this is Spider-Man? And then what happens when he goes around that turn? Uh, rock falls down. <laughs> he drives off the side of a As cliff. And lands on a tree branch mm-hmm. that's hanging from the side of the mountain that's evidently got a, it's a load-bearing it branch because it can hold an entire car. And that's how he becomes Turbo Teen. It's crazy mm-hmm. we're bringing it all back around. Oh, my God. It's amazing. That is really, that is fucked up. Yeah, fucked up. Guys, we've gone on 100. Turbo Teen. Yeah, we've got 154 episodes to come all the way back Just to one. Just to recycle so. one episode. Uh, no, apparently it's Spider-Man, and he just carries his costume in the glove compartment of his beat-up Buick sedan. <laughs> and he saves himself at this point. Yeah, he, uh, he forms like sort of like a web uh, parachute yeah. that sort of like drops or lower, like a web pulley system. Yeah. A web simple machine, it if you will. It was very nice, yeah. And, and, and brings himself down to the base of this volcano. Now dressed as it's Spider-Man, not a vol- when there's no one else Now dressed around. as Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, these boulders open up on the side of the, the mountain, and there's like a glowing light, which, again, we've been talking about Tarantino. That would be a very Tarantino-esque thing mm-hmm. to kind of have like a golden light coming out of there. You don't maybe know what it is. It's like the, the suit or the briefcase yeah. at the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Oh, man. You know, the more we talk about this, the more this is a great That's idea. That's all you, buddy. Ah, I love this. We'll so, get you on the Sinister Seven. You can talk Tarantino. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm it's going to be it. his swan so, song magnum opus yeah <laughs> it's gonna so he so spider-man walks in now into the bottom of this this mountain as you, uh, as you would and finds that it's doc ock that's inside and he's got some sinister plan but in the process of this discovery there's also a net that's on the ground which scoops up spider-man capturing him. i love that doc ock at least called it he's like you're not the only one that can use a net 
or a web of something like this. A like, web, God, yeah. yeah. The worst. You can kind of figure out where everything goes from here, right? I mean, essentially, Doc has some sort of like crazy energy device that is going to like take out New York City's supply system, support system. One of my favorite parts, and Spider Man has a lot of like fun one liners. Most of them are really frustrating and irritating, but some are just like so out of nowhere that they're hilarious. There's one where Doc is showing a picture of like, I don't know, New York City. And he's like, I'm going to destroy this. And Spider-Man's like, that's my home. I live there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He, but he, got, whispers he whispers it. He goes, that's where, that's where I live. That's where I live. Like, that's where I live. It was really strange. There's so many strange moments in this thing. Um, you can kind of go through the cycle here. We jump back to Jameson, wants to know where Spider-Man is. Uh, Betty goes to kind of investigate. She obviously is going to get captured too. There was a really weird sequence of like Spider-Man breaking out and then getting recaptured and then breaking out again and then getting recaptured and getting recaptured. He's like just smart enough, yeah, just smart enough or tricky enough or strong enough occasionally to get out of one thing but not the next thing. So he didn't go anywhere. And I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna disagree with you on this. It just seemed like he had. Barely enough skill yeah. to be able to take down Doc Ock. And it sounded like, but my impression, my takeaway, was that this villain, even with such a sinister and diabolical plan that would make an atom bomb look like a firecracker, that this would be something that, because his, his whole plan is he's going to blow up all of the like gas, power, yeah. electrical, and plumbing lines in all of New York City <gasps> and essentially just detonate. That's right. And essentially detonate everything inside like it's a bomb, yeah. uh, and so. I mean, cool plan as far of, as like supervillain plans go. Pretty good. Yeah, maybe sure. don't monologue it, but you know, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's not alone in his monologuing. We've got monologuing from everybody, everybody in this show. On the show, nonstop, constantly. Nobody talks to each other. They just say whatever their lines are, and then it's the next person's turn. <laughs> Super frustrating. Or, it's, it, what's even more frustrating is that there are so many times in this where somebody's like, hey, shouldn't you look over there? And then the person's like, I should look over there. And you're like, oh, holy time shit. Time to look over like, there now. Oh, I should probably look over there. Here we go. Over there. My favorite are the questions. These will come up later when he's like, what's happening now? <laughs> it's like, I don't fucking <laughs> know. You tell me. I you're do. in the cartoon. I, I'm I'm just as lost as you, bro. All I'm, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. I don't know what's happening. What's <laughs> happening now? Oy, oy. He does have it's... some fun uh, one-liners. There's like, how, what are the different ways that he breaks out, though? Oh, so the, the one is like he, he bends metal bars. Which that frustrated me to no end because he's sitting in a jail cell. Yeah. He's physically bending the bars to the point that like a, a truck could drive through him. And he's like, I'm not strong right. enough to bend these bars as they're bending so in, back and so forth. In, so instead, he Ugh. shoots Webb to hit the control panel yeah. that allows him to, to get out. Because there's a giant gets, lever gets, that just opens the yeah. prison cell, regardless of the lock. Well, <laughs> That's well this is probably, this is one of my, my head shake moments, <laughs> but it was also one of my happiest moments, yeah. is that Doc Ock on this machine, it was one of those things like, where you would see him just constantly oh, yeah. pushing pulleys back and forth. Yeah. Like, it, his plan is already in motion. You would assume that it's simply just a push of a button, but he had to control everything with, like, all, all six arms. Good, not two legs, but two yeah. arms and he four had mechanical pedals. arms. You don't know, he might have had, like, little push pedals or something. 
could have, but he is just controlling every single thing that he has to be able to make it happen. And so he thinks Spider-Man is like, oh, he's so distracted. Like, now's the time to get him. And he releases himself only to climb into the ceiling on a ventilation, like, A fan. fan. It's just a fan. It wasn't even moving. Doc Ock turns the fan on and it throws him to the ground. He had that, he had that again. one extra arm ready to just be like, ha-ha, the fan. Yeah, the fan, gotcha. Spider-Man defeated uh, by a fan. Which is great because Betty Brant's just like, no, Spider-Man. And then he's just like, oh, I'm on this fan. Thrown. <laughs> like, I love at one point, he's like, was this, was this in this episode where she's like handcuffed, right? She's handcuffed to the prison yeah. cell on the outside now, whatever. And he like... He's like, uh, he like skeets into the lock like, hey, with his wrist. Get on over here. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shoot this web right into your. He just uh, cuffs there. Just risk, a, yeah. like wrist ejaculates into it, and he's like, "Hey, when it hardens, it's gonna form <gasps> a key." And I was <gasps> like, <laughs> "It's like okay. I mean, I guess Stop sure it. that works." <laughs> yeah, that's that's how lock. That's how locking mechanisms. That was work. a pickup sure. line I used to use all the time, but <laughs> it never really worked. It's like a key, baby. Really? Never? I'm surprised. These days, who knows? Yeah. Send us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Let us know if that pickup line worked on you. Oh, boy. Yikes. So, uh, Spider-Man eventually saves the day. I don't know if there's any point to yeah, explain doesn't why. matter. My favorite. Doesn't fucking matter. My favorite, doesn't though, matter. is at the end of these sequences. Now, we should mention, sometimes they're like half the show, right? So, sometimes they're 11 or 12-minute sequences. Sometimes the episode is the full 22, 23 minutes. So that's why there's some discrepancies, whether there's 52 episodes, if you only count the half-hour sequences, or 77, if you count all the smaller sequences. Just a, just a uh, stupid fact there. Um, what I like is at the end of these sequences, you always have Spider-Man swinging up some trafficless corridor in New York City. We don't know where he's going. He's like the <laughs> yeah. Hulk walking off into the, the wilderness at the end of... Uh, you know, the Incredible Hulk series is just like swinging away. I guess we'll see him next time. Every time. Yep. I love it. It's their outro. It's so fun. I, I will say my, my favorite thing at the end of this episode is where Jay Jonah Jameson, he goes, all right, tell me what happened. And then Betty Branch, she's like, so the thing that happened, he just goes, enough, enough. He's like, I'm tired of you. He's like, so if you were to say like, Dave, tell me what happened. Oh, man, it was the crazy. Enough, enough. You just asked me. Enough! Okay, I'll, I'll go back to my knitting. He just gets he. It, it's like, hey, I'd like to, I would like to have your input, but I don't want to listen no. to it. You're like, you're a shitty boss. He's like, but I love. He's you. like, HR's outside and they can hear me screaming, so they're gonna hear <laughs> me ask you that I want your input, and then I'm done with you. And then I'm. F- That's still better than uh, the only thing Betty gets to do in the very next sequence, which we'll talk about at the end, because she does not exist until the last thirty seconds of this thing. So. Oh, yeah. Right. So let's talk about Sub-Zero for Spidey. This is where Spider-Man yeah. faces off against the Blue Ninja for Mortal Kombat, and I did not see it coming. <laughs> uh, this was nuts. Oh, I actually thought it was maybe Glacier from Killer Instinct. It could have been. Oh, what a deep cut. Yeah. Sure it wasn't, I'm, I'm reaching I'm reaching. sure back. it wasn't Spinal or Bee Orchid? Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. No, I was ready for you. It was not. Yeah, it was it good. Not I'm proud. Or, I'm proud or something. Yeah. Wolf. Nah, it's it's over now. It's past the prime. Yeah, don't worry about so, it. So yeah, it's a heat wave in New York City, right? Heat wave, a, a toasty ninety five degrees in New York City. Ooh. So what would you do? Just go take a walk and visit uh, Doctor Smarter? I'd imagine. Uh, 
Yeah, well, he was heading over there. I think that there was some. Uh, I think he was doing some or an article, or he was taking some. Photos yeah, or, or he was like, like or he was like working really with him sure. as like a as a tech student or something. That's never really explained. Yeah, but he's uh, he's there, and then all of a sudden he slips on a whole bunch of sheets of ice that are covering the the walkway. But wait, <gasps> I thought you just said it was ninety five degrees and it was super hot, and I, they and they let me know, know this because he was sweating and he had his collar off and all that. Again, you also would have thought maybe your spidey senses, maybe your spidey senses would have uh, would have peaked up and For been like, ice. "Hey, imminent fucking danger yeah. ahead." Uh, the but nope, he not, falls. Uh, not great. Fall, and he's not very agile no. because he falls right on his right ass. on his ass. <laughs> right on his oh, ass. I should mention you did mention the spidey signal. It was in that spider sense in the first sequence. His spider sense tingles. He tells us that it's tingling. <clears throat> he explains to us that that means that danger is imminent. And then as shit's flying at him, Betty is like, you should probably look out because you're about to get crushed. So just keep that in mind because that'll happen multiple times throughout these sequences. Yeah. I think then the lesson to learn from that is that if you're in a relationship, anybody, your significant other is your spider sense. Yeah, that's how it should be. That's how it works. We're all each that's other's spider sense is what we're Guys, trying to say. I am your spider sense and you are my spider right. sense. It's like when I went so, to the store and I got, you know, I did my errands and I got a, you know, haircut, but it was like a bowl cut. And then I went and like got clothes and it was like a purple onesie. And Sean took me aside and was like, buddy, I know, I mean, like maybe that's a super villain look. Yeah. Maybe don't do that. Because he's my spider so, sense. We look out for each other. And also, purple is a good color on you. Ooh, I don't know if I believe not... that delivery. <laughs> Ooh. What? Purple. No, I'm just saying, but not, but not as a top and a oh, bottom. You got to pick one. You got to pick yeah. one. You got to pick a top or a bottom. If you're going to do that, you got to layer it with some patterns a little bit here. Friend. I see. See, we're each other's spider extra. sense. Fashion sense, yeah. spider sense, all the same thing. Anyway. Done. Sub-zero for Spidey. So what's going on? There's ice patches on a 95 degree day. What's up? Oh my God! Uh, doctor Smarter uh, thinks that uh, so he gets to Doctor Smarter's well, house. We have no clue like, what this guy's a doctor. Ralph. We have no idea. no idea. There's no context. Nothing. No context whatsoever. He just lives in the suburbs. He's, evident- That's it. He's evidently been working on some something. We don't really know. No, none of this is explained. Not until the end. Not until, not until it's end. important. Yeah. <laughs> not until they need a dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To get not until they need a, a jetpack or a MacGuffin to get the fuck exactly. out of this, this episode. Or a, or a diamond iceberg spaceship. Either one. <laughs> Same thing. One. So, so they go through this, this whole process where uh, he, Dr. Smarter seems to be playing coy about whether or not these, these creatures that, he, that they, they fought. Um, yeah, so we should mention there's like a giant like ice golem with like a square head that like right. launches icicles and it's just like apparently made of ice attacking the dock. When Pete, who, by the way, was in normal Peter Parker garb, hears Dr. Smarter screaming bloody murder for help. And he's like, this seems like a job for Spider-Man. Takes God knows how long to find a place to hang out, pull his costume out, get changed, and then run back to the house. The guy should have been dead yeah. by this point. This was, a, this was a great moment because after, after these, these guys, after these, uh, we find out that they're, they're possibly from the coldest planet in the solar oh, system. Oh, you mean Uranus? Which- <laughs> is it well I, I don't pluto's not a planet know. anymore i mean oh it could change by the time dude, you hear that what a burn <sighs> what a planetary burn oh, a burn atmospheric yeah. burn you might call that <laughs> that's that's a burn that you would get from re-entry Ooh. to your to your oh no it's getting after dark 
That's where I live. <laughs> so they, oh man, they go. So they go through this whole thing where, because uh, this was back in the time when Pluto was a exactly. planet. Uh, so they were just like, yeah, clearly these things are from Pluto. I love that. I and... love that conversation though, because he's just like, what do you think these are? Hmm. If I if I'm correct, if my calculations are correct, they're probably from our coldest planet. Oh, you mean Pluto? Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> Doesn't help me find where they are, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's an iceberg in the New York Harbor. Well, I love the fact that in this moment before they transition to the, the New York Harbor, there's this moment where Spider-Man, he's like, perhaps he was after you. And it like, and Dr. Smarter turns to face the camera and away from Spider-Man. And then, yeah, and has complete derp eye in this moment and then bites his lip like he's Oof. like, I'm playing coy Ooh. and you're like what the fuck are you doing now i'm interested oh it's it's so weird i love i love so some we, of spidey's lines in this point when he goes searching for him because he's like i'll find our fugitive of the deep freeze before he turns new york into a suburb of the south pole it's like who are you talking to just go do your job i, I feel like there's there has to be and maybe this is like a larger superhero problem like when you isolate like this such as spider-man a superman yeah. a batman yeah. like that level of isolation has to have either some internal running monologue yeah. or maybe it, it manifests as like an outward projection where you, you begin talking to yourself and then answering yourself and having complete conversations but i know that it's necessary in these cartoons because there has to be some exposition and some explanation about what's about to happen or in the case of this show what is currently happening that I'm watching that they're still commenting on. That's fine. Sean, I get I it. I think this is clearly an example of the duality of the superhero, where in one oh. world, their alter ego is mild-mannered, whereas their superhero self is super-powered. A conversation Ooh. must exist between these two entities. <laughs> Dave, I... <laughs> Dr. David Smart. If my calculations are correct... This show's not going to get any better. <laughs> it does get weirder. Bubble pipe, bubble pipe, bubble bloop, pipe, bloop, bubble bloop, pipe. Bloop. Bloop, 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 bloop. Oh man, I this this goes through a whole series of events where he, he gets downtown, spider senses go yeah, off, finally. or he gets a chill. He gets a chill. Yeah, I, lo- I love chilly. it. He gets, I love it. He gets cold before spider senses tingling. This thing is on the fritz. He's got to get it checked Stupid. out. An oil change or something yeah. in there. I don't know. <laughs> Take that to the shop. So. Uh, all of a sudden he finds one of these Plutonians or these glacier guys. Uh, it, they are, are freezing all of downtown. Sure. They freeze an entire building. They cut an entire apartment building in yeah. half. And Spider-Man's like, I gotta get the fuck out yeah, of here. He, he's, so he goes, out. he's gone. So <clears throat> at this point, he's back at Dr. Smarter's house. All right. Uh, these, these Plutonians come this back. This is where he has they his free- theory. Yeah. Yeah. They freeze him and they freeze Dr. Smarter. They take Dr. Smarter with them, all right? And then this is where, if you're thinking to yourself, this show doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm about to throw another wrench in your Mm -hmm. plans because, as we've described, it's 95 degrees out on this day. They're inside Dr. Smarter's Mm -hmm. house. Spider-Man has now been frozen solid, Mm -hmm. and he's in front of a fireplace with a roaring fire (laughs) inside. Dr. Smarter is a fucking madman. I don't know about you, but I really like to get that fireplace going during heat wave. Just (sighs) something about a roaring fire. Just takes the edge off. That and some Percocet. Spider-Man thaws out with enough ability to be able to go home, 
put a heating unit under his costume and then make an adjustment to his web slinger that he never uses. Never but I love the fact that it's like, people are in peril. The city is threatened and it's in danger. I've got time to change my costume eh, quite slowly. And I've got time to go make these Tony Stark level modifications to my suit. I actually liked it though. I mean, as much as we're giving it shit, I liked it that he was just putting like those chemical warmers in his, in his armpits and he was, I don't know what he was doing with his webs because he never used it, but... <laughs> it looked like he actually put C4 on his chest. <laughs> it did look like he was a bomber about to walk into a it bank. Looked, it looked... It, seriously, it looked, like, it looked like... It looked like bricks of C4 strapped to his body, and, like, it actually had, like, pins yeah. at certain points. I was like, that's... De- oh, stop That'll it. show those Plutonian <laughs> scum. Uh. to bits. <laughs> Good old Suicide Spider-Man. Yikes. I would watch that. Shit. I would watch that. Spider-Man on the Suicide Squad? I would watch that. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'd be in it. I'd be in it. (laughs) Just everybody with dirty eyes. (laughs) The whole time. (laughs) So this thing gets even. Yeah, I'm on board. board? I'm on board. Sinister 7. Spider-Man Suicide Squad. Uh, So yeah, now we go to the, you know, random iceberg that's like floating in New York. This is where they recycle some of the animation. Because like. Parker's oh, on yeah. top of what? The Statue of Liberty on top of a building at some point, and he's just kind of like surveying the scene. And they recycle it a lot. We get to see Spider-Man swim. Yeah. You don't see that too often. No, no, no. He's got he's to get through all of the, the, uh, the police. Yeah. By swimming under them in the crystal clear waters of New York Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Talk about this iceberg base. What is this yeah. place of trickery and madness? This was like uh, the the essence or like the quintessential essence of all of the Scooby-Doo kind of running yes. back and forth between doors Thank moments, you. except that it's just one person sliding through a whole bunch of crevasses. Or getting smashed by ice pillars and, ha- and, just, and, and just, having nothing to do with the other and just crawl out from under and just be upset all the time. Yeah. And just be frustrated with, uh, with the lack of, of direction that he has inside of this. That's all it is. It's just him going and traversing like sitting down on a bench which then kind of turns into kind of like a sled and he slides down and he's stuck in this like crevice hole and he crawls out to only get it's just it's a whole lot of nonsense it's the least spider-man thing that happens in this entire episode maybe not the next one and it's and it's quite possibly one of the more boring things because you're just like just just get to the point just get just get to the point the problem is the point is terrible because once we find out what these Plutonians actually are, you're just like, the fuck? Uh, I, what, what did they want? What did they actually want? So Spider-Man in? eventually slides his way through sheer luck um, to sort of the headquarters, the, the control room of these Plutonians. And there's a bunch of them standing around, and Dr. Smarter's there, so Spidey just, just like hauls off and just starts like clobbering these things. Then Smarter's like, hold on, they're friendly. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've been sliding around for 20 minutes trying to save your ass from these Plutonian thugs. What's going on here? And he's like, actually, why don't you just let Fearless Leader over here tell you? And he's like, somehow tell <laughs> What? So he like telepathically, which when I read the, the uh, descriptions of some of these things, whenever there's a telepath who speaks to Spider-Man, but it's from a different language, apparently his spider sense translates that, which makes zero fucking sense. Like a babble fish? Yeah, exactly. Sure. Okay. Why sure. not spider sense? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. You're not doing your actual okay. job. You might as well make up other things to do. <laughs> so he can understand this giant icicle man talking, and he essentially says, "Look, we crash landed. Um, 
we instinctually followed uh, the path to this guy because he's been working on some sort of like interdimensional planetary spaceship computer thing. So like they just looked this guy up in a phone book and were like, Dr. Smarter, gotta be this dude. Let's go freeze him and terrorize half of New York City to get our ship fixed. <laughs> and then guess what? It's fixed like that. They and and the best the best way to describe this is that they're just like, oh oh, Spider Man's like, let's get down to business, and then it shows the outside yep. shot of the iceberg, yep. and then it pans to the side of a yep. cliff where Doctor Smarter and uh, Spider Man are sitting there, and they're and like before it even transitions, they're like, look, it works, and then the iceberg turns into a yep. diamond and it blasts off into the sky, and you're you're sitting there holding <sighs> your remote, just being like. Fuck just happened. I love that they address it because they go back to Jameson's office and he's like, "Explain this to me." And he's just like, "Well, enough, enough." enough. He's like, "Well, there's an iceberg, an iceberg, New York City at 95 degrees in this heat wave. Get me pictures, Parker, pictures." And then he's like, "Well, then it turned into a, a diamond." He's like, "Oh, a diamond now!" And then it was a spaceship, a spaceship. So here comes the key oh, line for from it. Betty Brant. No, go for you it. got it. I can't. Oh, I, I got can't this. Even do, I can't even. She goes. She goes. Next time you see a diamond, grab one for me. Diamonds are a girl's best God friend. Damn. That's it. End. That's Betty's contribution it's just, it's to this. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man swinging, swinging back and forth through an <laughs> alleyway. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. This show is oh, bad. Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, there is yet another episode to talk about. How deep do you even want to get uh, into this thing? Because it makes zero sense. Here's the thing with this episode. Can I... Oh, all right, you you take sixty <clears throat> seconds and try to sell me on it, and then I'm gonna take sixty seconds and try to sell you on it. Okay. Um, this is a challenge. We'll challenge this. We'll ch- make this challenge. Imagine if you will, Spider Man. Okay. Swinging through the city, the high rises of New York, standing upon them like the silhouette of Daredevil, apparently, and then all of a sudden, space shit happens. And there's aliens, <laughs> and there's weird cosmic storms, and there's tiny aliens trying to prevent a giant red mantis face from stealing their computer. And then they fly away, but they're attacked mentally for some reason, so they summon asteroids, and that somehow makes it into a comet, and that crashes into Earth, and then it turns out that it crashes in New York City where Spider-Man is, and then the ship is only an inch tall, and then Spider-Man gets the computer through telepathy, and then he says, I'm going to save this thing and take it to the proper authorities but then the being from dimension five shows up and traps him in a mental prison where crazy shit happens and it's the most psychedelic thing you've ever seen and spider-man defeats him by not being afraid and saying this is all an illusion and he escapes and the, the being flees away perfect uh, that felt like a rick and morty like random thing that he just made up on the fly Except Rick and Morty's fantastic, and this was well, god now, now, here's the thing, before Sean tries to do his minute here. Uh, this thing was pulled from an entire other series called Rocket Robin Hood that was also produced by Bakshi Productions. The, Which is now something I 100% I want to watch. I definitely want to watch Rocket Robin Hood, because this oh, thing looks bagonkers by itself. <laughs> this thing just looks nuts. <laughs> like, there's so much craziness thrown at you. And then you're forced back into this bubble of like, uh, it's a Spider-Man episode. <laughs> what? Go ahead, buddy. Sell me on it. All right. All right. Hold on. You're going to set your set. clock there. Yeah. I'm going to set 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Okay. Go. All right. Let's start off with 30 seconds of web slinging through the city 
at Magic yes. Hour, followed by eight and a half minutes of alien exposition where you try to understand if they're saying the word dimension or if they're saying dementia. Guess what? Spoiler alert, they're saying dementia the whole Sometimes time. Sometimes it's both, confusing as shit, but eight minutes of alien exposition all about the Library of Gorth, which is evidently something that is compressed from magnetic tape all the way down onto cosmic dust into a little seed that looks like a red gobstopper. Now I'm going to say red gobstopper because that's an important fact that you need to know. All right, it gets into the hands of Spider-Man which it turns out that these Gorthians from this library are tiny little people that fit in the size of his hand. And they give him this little everlasting red gobstopper because they're like, you need to protect this. Which then, suddenly, Spider-Man is pulled into a red Instagram filter throughout the entire screen, followed by an intense seizure for about 30 seconds where he realizes that everything in Dementia 5 can be prevented if you just close your eyes and don't believe in it like it's the opposite of the ending of Peter Pan. <laughs> it's all, this all culminates in a moment where suddenly Peter Parker decide, or Spider-Man decides that he needs to pull out the entire library of Gorth on this little everlasting gobstopper, and now it's white <laughs> because he has red costume on his hands and it would contrast and blend in or it wouldn't contrast and blend in with the rest of the color meaning that they're fucking lazy this thing was nuts i will say that there are like so many elements of it that i wanted to know more about but then kept coming back to the fact that like this was somehow supposed to be a spider-man episode all this shit takes place up in space it's almost like if the entirety of like guardians of the galaxy happened the first movie right and then but it opened with a framing story of like Peter Parker going to school and then they just came back to him and they were just like, here's the soul gem or whatever. But, but it was, but they called it a Spider-Man story. Like it made zero sense, but I want to know more about the uh, infinita of dementia five. I want to know more about the Gorth and what they're up to. The fact that this wasn't even actually aired on ABC back in the time, because it featured a character who died. It featured crazy psychedelic sequences super trippy stuff obviously like drug uh influenced sequences the music is super psychedelic in here the visuals are crazy there's like a full x-ray shot of spider-man at one point there's just like there is some weird ass shit going on in here and this this villain from dementia five uh infinata he essentially looks like if you're familiar with mystery science theater 3000 (laughs) he looks like if they gave crow a body and then he just kind of like, he just sort of hung just out like rusted. in space. Yeah. yeah, rusted with like a fine patina on him. And then every once in a while would make very dramatic poses about what he was, was doing. Great. Like it was somebody who just learned Shakespearean acting for the first time in like a Shakespeare acting one-on-one who class. Who is this flying boy? Oh, I'm trying to figure out my beats and objectives in this scene. Shut that up. That amazing. Oh, it was bad. amazing. Come forward <laughs> into the realm bad. of the infinite. Come forward into <laughs> Dementia 5. Oh my it, god. Like, it is worth watching for this trippy shit alone. And at some point, this, uh, this rocket ship that's leaving the Library of Gorth is being chased by battle toads that turn into Slimer yeah, from yeah, the Yeah, they look like Slimer ghosts. I don't fucking here's, know. Here's the thing that I wanted to know. Like, they're chasing this thing. <clears throat> 
the Psycho Army. The Psycho Army is mentally attacking this rocket ship. This is all nuts, you guys. So, like I said, I briefly mentioned it, but the Gorth alien uses some kind of switch or lever to magnetize his ship, draw meteors to his, so it looks like it's, it's like completely covered in rocks and meteors, and then somehow the mental thing... It doesn't matter. None of this matters. They just made up a bunch of crazy <laughs> shit so they could stuff this animation into the Spider-Man show. That's it. That was the craziest thing. He ends this by saying, that was one trip I never want to go on again because it's straight up drugs. It was fun. I think it was fun. And It was fun because it was nothing like the first episode that we watched. <laughs> and it was definitely Bakshi. Like, if you guys out there are fans of Bakshi's animation, uh, a hundred percent check this episode out revolt of the fifth dimension is that what it was revolt of the uh, fifth yeah dimension. yeah it's it's uh we found it as like i think it was episode 74 is what they noted but it's not or 48 what it depending actually, on what you're yeah yeah depending on what what it was but uh, you can find all of these episodes on on yeah. youtube guys so they are in their entirety even at the end with even after all this trippy psychedelic shit, it's just Spider-Man swinging back and just forth down an alley. Down the corridor, done. Just zooping, just zooping. I love that he just saw a comet and was like, he's like, I should probably go check that out. And then he was like all sad. He's like, mm, it might be burned out by the time I get there. It's just like, oh, what that's is totally Toby. That's total that Toby McGuire Spider-Man the right there. there. for a second. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> sad sack, Toby. Oh, all right, buddy. Emo. Anything else from this mess? Nah, man. You know what? We have distinct mm-hmm. opinions about these cartoons but the internet has some they other do. opinions so let's let's get into a little bit of love Take it or hate it, it. so we have found these <laughs> these lovingly crafted <laughs> criticisms and praise nuggets uh on imdb and so right now we're going for one this is from uh this is from Disdressed 12 from canada yo what up uh <laughs> from Mar- march 2009 <laughs> It says, uh, classic animation. This animated, and this is, this is our love it with 10 out of 10 stars. It says, this animated Spider-Man series ran three seasons with 77 episodes. I remember watching it as a kid and loving it. I finally bought it on DVD, and I love it just as much today. Sure, the sound effects are cheesy, as is the music. And you can tell they had a very limited budget to work with, and there are lots of goofs in the show. But so what? That's all part of its charm. The villains are great, and a lot of the action is packed into roughly 12-minute episodes. Some are around 20 minutes. The theme song is brilliant, and actually, not in a cheesy way. It's instantly infectious and memorable. After you hear it once, it'll probably stick in your head. Not many shows from that era, uh, not many shows from that era stand the test of time, but this one certainly does. For me, Spider-Man, the animated series from 1967, is well-deserved. 10 out of 10. Good job, Distressed. Loving it. Hey, yo, what up? Now on the other side, <laughs> we've got either D. McGinnis 86 or DMC Guinness 86. I don't know which one you are, brother. Let us know. Uh, from November 2006. This one's titled Animation. What animation? <laughs> When I was a very small boy in the 1970s, I used to love this show. That is because I had no taste. I recently purchased the box set because of nostalgia and is really off-putting how bad the material is. In each 20 minutes or so of the program, there are perhaps 45 seconds of original animation. The vast majority of the show is stock animation repeated over and over, and in the later episodes, 
stills that are manipulated, spun around, zoomed in on, etc. In the earlier episodes, the backgrounds are at least colorful, but in later episodes, they get dark and inexplicably expressionistic. And why do the episodes introduce only three characters? Peter Parker, J. Jonah Jameson, and Betty Brant. What about Flash Thompson? Aunt May? There are dozens of potential characters that should have been introduced. Okay, now that I have that out of my system. The music score is pretty cool, and while the show has its flaws, it captures something of the swinging attitude that Smilin' Stan Lee and Jazzy Johnny Romita brought to the early Spider-Man comics. <laughs> Not much, but something. The Spider-Man and his amazing friends show from the 80s is far superior, as are the cartoon shows from the 90s, it's too bad Marvel Animation couldn't have come up with something of the quality and intelligence of the Batman animated series and its several spin-offs. Four Ooh. out of ten. Shots Four fired. Four out of ten. Nostalgia is a heady drug, my friends. I'll tell you this. Yeah. I'll tell you this. All right, buddy. Oh, so boy. anything else from the show before we wrap it up? No, let's, uh, let's get... I want pics of Spider-Man! <laughs> well, before we get the pics, J. Jonah, uh, do you recommend Spider-Man 1967? And if not, does it get the dip? We had a close call last week. Yeah. Saved by uh, drugs. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and Lord Pumpkin. Lord Pumpkin. Um, man, this is really... I, I don't want to give this the dip. Um, it's the first animated hav- Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, I'm having a really hard time recommending this for anybody. Uh, the only... I'll say this. If you... If you enjoy Spider-Man, uh, I would say seek this out. But I would say make sure that you can watch only the 10-minute segments mm. of this show that have notable villains from the comic book itself. Yeah. Uh, under no circumstances should you watch the ones where they decided to take artistic freedom and create other beings in the universe that are non-canon. Uh, there's, because there's something... There's something uh, that I really identified and that I enjoyed by the campiness of watching Doc Octopus. Yes. And, and we talked about like there's Mysterio and there's a lot of other guys. And I think for 10 minute chunks, this show works well. If it goes anything beyond that, regardless of who's directing and putting it together, uh, it just doesn't work. This show has z- very little substance to it to actually attach to and remain attached to for that 20 minutes. And it feels laborious to have to watch the show for that period of time. And you can tell because of the reuse of animation, the filler, just the constant unnecessary bullshit that they throw into it. So if you, I would say, if you are a fan of Spider-Man, watch this, just the 10 minute episodes with the villains that you know and love. That's it. Otherwise, avoid at all costs yeah this is a tough one I'd, I'd have to say if you're like a completionist or you've never seen this old animated series then do like sean said seek out the ones with villains that you like that you're familiar with and that you recognize don't don't worry about all this other kind of weird Oof. sci-fi made-up stuff that just seemed i don't know seemed out of nowhere there very well could be a lot of those stories from the comics i, I don't know but they're not kind of they don't speak spider-man to me right Watching him go up against a bunch of Plutonians, that's not what I expect to see Spider-Man doing. Um, so I have a really hard time recommending it. However, the animation geek in me is like, that's super cool that Bakshi Productions came up with Spider-Man in the 60s. That's pretty trippy and insane. Seek out at least one of those. Probably this one, Revolt in the Fifth Dimension. Just because it's crazy, it's got a lot of kind of history to it, it's got a little bit of controversy to it. That's interesting, at least. I'm not saying it's a good episode. It's completely bonkers. And basically not a Spider-Man episode at all. 
Uh, but do a little bit of crystal twist. Definitely hit that it. crystal twist. Hit it hard. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And just remember that it's all basically an illusion. Just close your eyes, close your mind, and you'll be fine. Aww. Yeah. So I don't know if I recommended it or not. <laughs> you did only if you're a completionist. Yeah, this, is a, this is a hard, this is a hard pass, though. Honestly, for this the is most a hard, part, yeah. there's so much, many better ways to spend your time, like doing Crystal Twist. Anyway, buddy, guess what? That wraps it up for Marvel May. I apologize for putting you through this because it's been rough. This is this has been a month of me saying no to a yeah. lot of stuff. Surprisingly, like the Black Panther series, the standout. Wh- was phenomenal Amazing. i highly i and that is six episodes that yeah. is 20 minutes in length that is phenomenal it's a great so that's, yeah, the, that's the only thing from this month that i would actually yeah. recommend listeners go out and check out because everything else has been not great and it's actually a great primer if you're not familiar with the black panther story at all it's a great primer before the movie opens up uh, the marvel movie starring uh, chadwick boseman in february of yes. next year assuming we are all still alive here on planet earth um, that'll be cool. So check it out between now and then. Um, <laughs> I think you'll, I think you'll be happy. Everything else we covered this month was a giant waste of time. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> it's been fun. Thanks again to Evan Valentine uh, for joining us for Ultra Force. Yikes, yikes on his throne. Anything else from Marvel, May bud? Would you yeah, do it again? That's it, man. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, we're gluttons 100%. for punishment here. So, if you guys have Marvel animation that you <laughs> want to suggest to us, like maybe some Silver Surfer, maybe some old Fantastic Four, some, some of that old Iron Man cartoon, that'd be fun to watch again. What you got? We, we, even, had, uh, we even had a listener on, on Twitter, uh, Cassidy, who has reached out to us recently uh, and said that I should can reconsider my stance on uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, oh. and I should, I should watch the first three episodes. Oh, I see. And so... I am. Uh, I'm going to take that under consideration, and if I find the time to do it, I probably will try to put them on in the background as I'm doing some work, doing other stuff. I, I wouldn't mind trying to watch it and see if I can actually, because I only watched the last yeah, episode. Tough. So you know, I, I, I'd say I, you know I should give it a second shot, but you know, I'll probably it'll probably be on a day that I skip leg day. Yeah. So why would you not just do leg day and watch it while you're doing leg day? I don't understand. Uh, because uh, yeah, the body proportions time. on that. Sh- God damn it. <laughs> Uh, how would you how would you real quick how would you rank uh, the shows that we watched from this month so black panthers first yeah black panther um oh man uh because we had the first one we had was guardians the the animated guardians of the galaxy uh guardians oh no guardians was not good (laughs) um i would say and this this is good I'll, i'll get controversial on this all day long uh i would say uh black okay. panther spider-man wow wow for a show you like strongly <laughs> recommended against but well here no because there, there have been a couple that i've said absolutely True. no to there Spider- was one you tried to spider-man do. uh wolverine or uh wolverine and the x-men guardians of the galaxy ultra wow. Force. Yeah. actually i would only flip wolverine and spider-man i think yeah. Oh, really? Because I, I, okay. I enjoyed the Wolverine and the X-Men thing. It's just that they didn't do enough. It wasn't a bad show, I didn't think. They just didn't do enough to separate it from X-Men Evolution, the X-Men animated series, yeah. uh, or, or honestly from the movies. They just kind of rehashed some of the same stuff, and they were just like, people like Wolverine, so let's put him in the front. And I was like, mm. there be, And there was so much that they could yes. have used, and they, they decided to... It, it's like 
it's like somebody put an entire meal down in front of you and they're just like let's just admire the napkin and you're like what i want to why the fuck would i do more damn it i just want this meal yeah i think we're on the same page I think we're on the same page. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to wrap it up for Marvel May. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Feel free to let us know um, what you thought. But in the meantime, Sean, buddy, what do you have going on in the next couple of weeks? Hey guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can check out showtimes and where we're performing at witdc.org. And I'm always on the grams and the turs at Sean Paul Ellis. And thank you guys so much for responding and, and chiming in with all the, the meme stuff on Instagram and with all of your, your thoughts and recommendations on Twitter. This has been super fun, guys. So really appreciate it. Yeah. And I just want to say thanks to all you guys for ignoring me on Twitter at Dr. Claw MD. It feels great. <laughs> it's a good time. Shout out to Bobby <laughs> Anthem, who's always good for a conversation after this episode comes out. Oh, uh, Bobby Anthem. Thank the you, best, guys. Man. Uh, yeah. Day. You can also find me on uh, Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this particular show, right, ciao, you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, it's morning with a U, like Ultra Force. That's the last time I'll use that one, I promise. Jesus. You can also head on over to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Check us out on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Uh, check out Sean's handiwork on the Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. And listen to our free audio, possibly video, podcasts each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, like we said, if you want to contact us, reach out SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up for Marvel May. I don't know what's coming up in June. Could be anything. Maybe subscribe to our newsletter on Patreon and you'll find out. Who knows? Who even knows? Who even Maybe knows? Maybe we'll get some listener requests in. It's been a while since we did those, so that'll be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. But yeah, you guys will find out. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Saturday Morning Cartoons. We will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>